0: Welcome to Rethinking Discipling the Nations, or Rethink Discipling the Nations. Uh, My name is Andy Erickson. I'll be presenting today. We are in the Learning Center, Upper Two. Um, Skipping down. Uh, My wife and I, my wife is in the back with our seven-month-old boy. Uh, We serve as the Kyleford Directors in Dayton. So Chi Alpha is the Assemblies of God Outreach to University Ministries, and so that's what we've been doing the last seven years, something like that. And so we love it. It's our dream job. And uh, we're also a part of our local church is Bethel Christian in Dayton, Ohio, with Pastor Dan Brown. And I think um, that's all I need to share. Yeah, if you guys can. Uh, my email is on the presenter notes for the Skedge app. Um, otherwise, I can write up my email. I'll just write it up. It's andy at daytonxa.org. And I'm not great with email, but you can find me on Facebook too, just Andy Erickson, and uh, that'll work as well. Cool. Okay, so I my favorite day of the school year was Show and Tell Day. Anybody else like love Show and Tell Day? I remember I went to like fifth grade and I asked my aunt, who was the teacher then, hey, what day of the week is show and tell day? And she said, we don't have show and tell day. This is the fifth grade or something like that. And it just broke my heart. I thought, she's like, if you have something special, Andy, you can bring it in and we'll make a show and tell day for you. So today is show and tell day. Okay. I don't know if you guys realize that, but today is show and tell day. So I have a couple fun things I'll uh, we'll probably talk about just throughout the session and uh, some free stuff if you guys want some free stuff. And, uh, just different things that we'll talk about a little bit later, but, um, and it's, I think it's just fun, I'll kind of step out of your way here, oh, that's a little harder for you, so, there's not much in the picture, so, there's not really much of a presentation, just a couple pictures, so, um, so yeah, let me pray, and then, uh, we'll get started, sound good? Okay. Jesus I just thank you so much for all of these awesome leaders in this room. God, I pray that you would bless them with an anointing to reach the nations. God, would you bless them with a heart that mirrors your heart, God, for the world. God, that they would not just reach internationals, they would not just reach people, God, but they would disciple the nations, they would disciple the world, God, that they would participate in the disciple-making aspect, God, of the kingdom of God. God, not just participate, God, but they would be leaders and champions, God, and and anchor points for you. God, would they be tools in your tool belt, God, that you could go back to and say, yep, they're faithful. He's faithful. She's faithful. I want to keep going back to them. God, we ask for your help. God, we recognize that there's no teaching that is worth anything without you. God, there's no understanding that doesn't come from you. God, you are the source of truth and life and hope, and we recognize you. God, even in a a, a different setting, God. We just reckon, we worship you, God. We worship you with our hearts. And we lay down our preconceived notions and our ideas, and we ask that you would speak to us over these next few moments, God, just like you've been doing that all of this day. God, bless us, not because we deserve it, but out of your love, out of the overflow of your heart. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Well, this is a topic that's really, just really on my heart. And so if I'm kind of scattered, uh, you'll know why, because there's just a lot to fit into a small session. And so, and I'm not the expert, but I'm just maybe like an average dude that maybe you can be an average dude. Or maybe you can be like the way better, super better than average person. And I'll just be the guy that's like, okay, I'll just, I'll look what he does for a little bit and just go run right past him. Like I'm the, I'm the, I'm the jogger and you guys are the sprinters. Okay. So you just sprint past me and just do awesome stuff for Jesus. So like I said, my my name is Andy. My wife's in the back. She's just as awesome. She had a session earlier, so I hope you guys got to catch that as well. I actually grew up in a small, white farming community. Anybody else grew up in a small, white farming community? Not small people. Like, the, the amount of people was small. Okay. Um, so, like, I had very little interaction with other cultures at all. And so, really unique. College became a very eye-opening experience for me as I started just to meet internationals, just to meet people from other cultures. There was maybe two or three African-American families in my high school, and we graduated 500. And so, just that was kind of the picture. So, very white, you know, like me white. Okay, that was just Marysville, Ohio, if you guys know where that is. That's where I grew up. So, anybody know where that's at? Okay. Um, my wife's raising her hands on all these. Way to go. Um, so, today, I just want to talk about rethinking discipling the nations. And I was trying to come up with just a good uh, summarizing thought for that. And I'll just read the intro a little bit. It's so easy. You don't have to fly overseas to impact internationals with the gospel when we realize over a million internationals flock to our communities right here in the United States. Inviting an international student or a young adult or really any international student over to your home for things like a holiday celebration, a family gathering, will bless them and your family immensely. Let's learn how easy it is to serve Jesus and disciple the nations just by offering a good meal to a foreigner. So my hope is really to to break it down, make it very simple. Uh, well, like I said, we don't have time to talk about everything, but let's just scratch the surface. And my hope is that you guys would leave inspired, okay? Inspired by God's heart for the nations. That's one of my hopes, and really world discipleship. You know, we think about world do not, world domination. You know, that's like a common phrase. Like I'm thinking, like let's. Jesus is concerned with world discipleship. Okay, not, I mean, he'll dominate the world, yeah, but like, for us, we get to participate in the world discipleship, and that's exciting for us, so i hope hoping that we leave inspired, but also equipped, equipped just to make the first couple steps, okay? We're not going to leave here experts, I'm not the expert, Jesus is the expert, but let's all look to him and see what he does, and I think we can all grow a ton out of that, okay? So, and just to kind of frame this with the whole synergy, uh, One of the, or the the theme of this Synergy Day, I guess, is great teams together. So, I don't know if you guys are taking notes. Maybe one of the things you could write down is, who can walk on this journey with me? Who can I bring along? Who can I invite into this? Maybe not in this session, but who can I say, hey, will you walk with this with me as I figure this out, as I stumble, as I learn, as I grow, as I have fun? And Because it's really going to take more than just you and your local context. It's going to take a family It's going to take a team. It's going to take the super triad in the back, you know, under the light. Like, you guys together, you know, and so that's what it's going to take. And it's going to be awesome because that's how Jesus designed it, right? It wasn't 12 individual disciples just doing their own things. It was a group of men that did it together, and it's awesome. So, I talked about a few questions. And if you guys have other questions today, uh, just feel free. Just I love interaction. Like, I love jokes, and so I'm not super formal, so... If we just kind of spiral and get, if we get to the end of this, we'll, we'll, we'll arrive, okay? We're going to land the plane at some point and we'll be okay. So if you're like a super note taker, this might be a little bit stressful for you, but just take what's important to you and I think we'll be all good, okay? So I'm going to read a couple scriptures and then you guys can tell me when you think you know what book it comes from. Does that sound fun? We'll do a little Bible game. Anybody like the Bible? Okay, hopefully, all of us do, right? Okay, so if you know it, just kind of like raise your hand, but don't shout it out because it may take another couple of verses for other people to learn it. Okay, sound good? You guys ready? Okay, give me like a thumbs up if you if you're excited to play the game. Okay, most people excited, that's good. I'll go with most. Okay, this is a wonderful book. Uh, get great truths like when you believed, you were marked with Him, marked in Him with His seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is a deposit guaranteeing your inheritance? Who has heard of that phrase before? Deposit guaranteeing your inheritance. Okay, do you guys know where that book is from? Don't say it out loud. But raise your hand if you know where that that comes from. Okay, but it's important. Probably important truth, right? Probably something you've been, you know, your pastor has quoted before, right? Here's another thing: all things are under His feet. His meaning Jesus and appointed. No googling at this point. Okay, I see a couple of you on your phone. You're not, you're not googling, are you, sir? Okay, you're good. Uh, Are appointed Him to be so. And God placed all things under his, meaning Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything. That's a pretty profound truth, right? He made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Is this the same book? Same book. Okay. Yeah, same book. Anybody have a thought? We're okay, okay, a couple ideas. In chapter 2, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not from yourself. This is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God promised in advance for us to do. That's another awesome thing. I'm sure you guys, that's familiar to you. In chapter 3, it says, Now to him who is able to do what? Immeasurably more, right? Than all we can Ask or imagine, right? Think or imagine. According to His power that is in wor- work within us, is like a psyched up evangelism verse, right? To Him be the glory in the church, and in, Je- in Christ Jesus throughout all the generations, forever and ever. Amen, right? Does anybody know what book these verses are from? Just shout out. Yeah, Ephesians. Ephesians, right, yeah, Ephesians. One of my favorite books, uh, because I used to listen to a band called Dear Ephesus. And you, I'm sure none of you guys have heard of it. It's okay. Not a very good band, but I, I listened to it and I thought, what's that about? I was like, oh, the book of Ephesians. I should read the book of Ephesians. It's just, it has a lot of awesome truths in it. So these are these are foundational things. By grace, we have been saved, right? Anybody want that removed out of your Bible? No way, right? So let's look at the book of Ephesians, or really just the chapter, chapter 2, and let's look at some different truths that maybe we haven't seen before that kind of applies to this whole rethinking, discipling the nations. And I read this recently. I thought, man, this is, this is awesome. This is totally Jesus. This is really Paul. But, you know, this is Jesus' heart here. Okay, so go ahead and turn to Ephesians 2 if you have your Bible. Or you can uh, look it up on your smartphone or whatever works for you. I'll do my best to keep track of the time here. Okay, and at the end, there's about 15 minutes worth of questions, and so if you guys have questions that that come up, you can totally write them down. That's, we're setting aside about 15 minutes at the end to just kind of discuss some things. So, Okay, so let me read Ephesians 2, starting in verse 1. As for you, and this is me and you and everybody in this room, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work, and those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time. So none of us can say, no, no, not me, not me, not me. It's like, no, no, no. All of us lived among them at one time. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. For God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages He might show the incom- incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So even before we knew Jesus, He had good works set aside for us to do. Good jobs to do. That's encouraging to me. Because even if I feel worthless, there's good stuff that He has planned for me to do. Therefore, remember, this is important, remember that formerly you who are Gentiles or non-Jews by birth and, and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from the citizenship in Israel and foreigners of the covenants of promise, without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near By the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace. Who has made the two groups one. Gentiles and Jews. Those who are far from Jesus. And those who are near to him. Culturally speaking. For he himself is our peace. He has made two groups one. And has destroyed the barrier. The dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh. The law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself One new humanity out of two, thus making peace. In one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. Because there's a lot of animosity between the Jews and the Gentiles. But this applies to us too. He came and he preached peace to you who were far away, and peace to those who were near. For through him we both have access to the Father by one spirit. Consequently, this is huge, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And to, in, in him, you too are being built up together to become a dwelling for which God lives by His Spirit. For this reason, Paul, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you, the Gentiles. So let me summarize that just in a few points. And I'm really hoping that we can see this and not just, okay, that's just Jews and Gentiles, but can we see this in the light of discipling the nations, of Mixing cultures of having Americans and internationals among us, and internationals—people from other cultures—even in our neighborhoods. Can we see this verse in that light? So, a couple points from Paul, and I'm I'm rephrasing them a little bit. We were all born in the same spiritual country. We were all—we're all from the same country. Spiritually speaking, and it's not a good country, it's a hostile country, it's away from Jesus, it's away from God. We're all away. We were born outside of the fold of God. Gentiles, foreigners, strangers, that's one point. Another point is, we were welcomed into a new and better family, not by earning it, but by accepting it. When Paul says grace through faith, it's not by works. We were all, all of us, so no matter what the color of your skin is right now, or how big your beard is, right, we're all welcomed into, you know, small or, you know, regrettably small right now, you know. We're all welcomed into the same family, not because of what you deserve, not because of what I did, or, or because, man, you really deserved being in this family. No, Jesus welcomed us into his family. And this is a, the assumption that we are followers of Jesus right now. Grace through faith, not by works. We are now adopted into that new family, and I mean really into the family. So you're not a second-class citizen. I'm not a second-class citizen. Just because you came later or I came earlier doesn't make you less or greater than me. Just because you may be AG like five generations back, and my mom's Lutheran and my dad's got a Catholic side of his family, like we're not lower or better class citizens in the family of God, right? That's, that's, that's refreshing, right? We're not jockeying for position, right? That's so good for us. We don't have to fight these insecurities of like, oh, your heritage is way better, or I'm the Jew of the Jew of the Jew of the Jew of the Jew. It's like, no, no, no. We're all brothers and sisters, right? I love it. Sometimes it would be nice to even go back to like just calling each other like, hey, Brother John, or you know, Sister Susie. Something like that just reinforces that mindset of, man, we are brothers and sisters, and that's awesome. So, we're now adopted into a new family, fellow citizens, one new humanity. And the last point, we get to enjoy all the benefits of that family. And if you, get, did anybody go to the evangelism class with Steve Brannon? Yeah, isn't that awesome? Like, Jesus already won the battle. We just get to tell people he won. We're like, hey, did you know what Jesus did? Not me. Did you know what Jesus did? We get to benefit. So, even if you're brand new and you just got saved, or even like, you get to, you get to be a benefit of the healing that Jesus accomplished at the cross. That's awesome. Not second-class citizens, not you get a little bit of healing and you don't get healing. It's like, no, we all get to participate. We all get to receive what God has already done. We get to enjoy the benefits of the family, access to the dad, right? How many of you guys can appreciate that we all get access to our Father, our Heavenly Father? We get access to his wallet, right? He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, or as I like to tell our students the Mercedes on a thousand dealerships, right? He owns it all, right? He gives us access to to his love. You don't get less love than than somebody else. That's awesome. That's awesome. Christ is the chief cornerstone, dwelling of God, access to the Father, all those things we get to enjoy. So we were born of the same spiritual family, or spiritual country, rather, We were welcomed to a new and better family. We didn't earn it. We accepted it. We are now adopted into that new family. We are really in the family. We're not like the weird adopted kids. We're really in the family. And we really get to enjoy the benefits of the family, access, dad, all that kind of stuff. That's awesome. And when I was reading this, I thought, that is a profound outline, structure, if you will, for reaching people in our neighborhoods, for reaching internationals even among us bringing them into our family, bringing them into our home when they may not deserve it or may have questions or there may, may be differences. I mean, Christ is a reconciler. But so often we create walls. We create dividing lines. And in America especially, we have this really strong idea of, of family. Like if I ask you who's in your family, it's probably your, your mom, your dad, and, and your brother, sister, that kind of stuff. But if you ask other cultures even... It's the extended family. Really, biblically, it's an extended family. It's cousins, it's brothers and sisters, it's it's second cousins, it's third cousins, it's aunts that raised you, but you basically call them Mama Joe or whatever. I mean, that that's the extended family of God, and it's awesome. But sometimes we miss that because all that family doesn't fit into our four seat car, right? But man, Jesus is different and he's awesome. So that verse really stuck out to me. And there's a lot of verses about reaching internationals. And I'll just, let me just jump into a few real quick. And I got a couple stories. And then, um, yeah. So Acts 8, we don't have to turn there, but Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. So obviously Ethiopian eunuch, which is not the Ethiopia we know today, but it's a different Ethiopia. But he was a powerful foreigner. And he gets saved and water baptized on the first encounter with the gospel. He had a high position in his own home country, came to try to understand what was going on. And in one encounter with Philip, he gets saved and water baptized and goes back to his home country, an influencer. It's awesome. Exodus 22 says, Do not mistreat the, or oppress the foreigner as you were foreigners in Egypt. I love that part because God is reminding the Israelites that, hey, you guys were foreigners. Don't now turn around and say, uh, we're a better people now and we're gonna we're gonna disgrace other people we were foreigners and i spiritually speaking guys we were foreigners we were born of a hostile country we were welcomed into somebody's family we didn't deserve that's awesome so we don't get to jock for, for position of like you're adopted i'm adopted you're adopted you're adopted. we're all adopted here right so you don't get, we don't get to look at each other and like, well, you're lesser, better, whatever. I accepted it earlier. I was adopted earlier, right? It's like, oh, you're just all adopted, right? Me, myself included. Leviticus 19 talks about keeping the Sabbath, don't turn to mediums or spiritualists and witchcraft and stuff like that. 33, Exodus 19:33. when a stranger resides with you in your land, you shall do him no wrong. That's a powerful verse. The stranger who resides with you shall be with you as a native among you and you shall love him as yourself for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. Man, that is strong language. Hebrews 13, keep on loving each other as brothers and sisters. We all agree with that, right? Verse 2, don't forget to show hospi- hospi- hospitality to strangers for some of those, some who have done this have entertained angels without even realizing it. Matthew 25, verse 34, When the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you with, from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, you fed me. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I was naked, you gave me clothing. I was sick, you cared for me. I was in prison, you visited me. Guys, something, there's something on my heart that it's, I can only relate to what God has done, but there is... We have an opportunity in the United States, probably unlike most countries, where the nations are actually coming to us. I don't mean that in an way. I mean that in a, Jesus, I don't know why you're doing that. But the nations are coming to us. When's the last time you woke up and said, I need to move to Ethiopia because it's going to be a better life? Right? Because people aren't thinking like that, right? Right? You talk to people from other nations that come to in the US and they say, Why'd you move here? Almost all the time it's a better life. That's at least that's the impression that they're hoping for, right? So discipling nations, Matthew twenty-eight, right, nineteen, go and make disciples of all nations. Guys, that costs thousands of dollars to do mission trips. And I go on mission trips every year, like overseas and it's awesome. And there's so I'd love to talk about how we make short-term mission trips better. But tell you what, you don't need thousands of dollars. You need a table with food on it and a door that is not locked. And you could disciple the nations, or at least start to, right? It's awesome. And I say this as somebody who's stumbled and made a lot of mistakes and, and did everything wrong and is still doing a lot of things wrong. But man, it is. I, I'm just I'm stirred up by this aspect that if, if our local churches would bear the mantle, the biblical mantle of reaching the nations. It would change the world. It really would. And we talk about multiculture and all this other stuff, which I love all that talk. It's great. We do need to fight for that. But there's an aspect that there are people from other nations in our midst that have the simplest of needs and that we could easily meet them. And we don't for a variety of reasons, but really it's because we're not believing the gospel because for some reason, sometimes we think, well, we, we pulled ourselves up by our bootstraps and so... They should too. Sometimes we think that way, but spiritually speaking, that's just not the case. So I don't mean this as a coming down at all. I just this is just my passion coming out. So I love all you guys. I don't mean this to to come down to you. But so let me share a couple of fun things, okay? Um, so so recently we had a God bless us with an amazing house, okay? And uh, we've been praying for years that God would just give us a better house, bigger house that so we could host people. And really, we wanted to just we've hosted some internationals in our in our basement you know unfortunately that was really the only room we had and uh we just didn't like it because we wanted people to feel like they were welcome you know you know when when you stay at somebody's house and you have to stay in their basement you don't want to stay very long one because it's their basement two you're like this isn't working out for your life you know what i'm saying like i feel like i'm imposing a little bit so we wanted a better house and so we prayed so i don't have a picture up here but uh we were we hosted this super bowl party and uh i went to our sinclair community college and I uh, just felt like we were having a lot of struggles in our ministry and I thought what should we do and I felt like we got invited we got invited to this this planning thing for international students and we so we showed up and they're talking about what do we want to do and this one guy said we have a bunch of potlucks but our problem is we have no place to host them we have multiple multiple potlucks every year and we just can't host them because the school won't let us bring international food on because you have to go through the catering department which they can't make real international food so it's like oh, that doesn't make any sense so I just said Hey, we just got a house. We'll host you guys. And they're like, Are you serious? It could be a lot of people. I'm like, that's okay. We have a big house. Let's do it. And so they were really blown away by it because they didn't know who I was and I didn't know who they were. And, and they were kind of cautious, like, No, really. It's like you bring your food and let's bring international food. And I love it. You know, it doesn't have to all be pork and hot dogs and things like that. And um, so we had 65 people at our house for the Super Bowl party. It was awesome. It was so much fun. And we had a ping-pong tournament downstairs. 16 people were just in the ping-pong tournament alone. And if you know internationals, like, a lot of other nations are way better than ping-pong. So, like, the three internationals that played that, they just destroyed everybody. It was awesome. So we printed out these papers saying basically how to play American football because that's a very basic thing that a lot of the students that were coming just weren't aware of. And a lot of Americans don't know how to play American football, which is okay. But So we said, hey, you can take one if you don't know, and then you give one to your international friend, and, you know, it's okay. No guilt, no shame, right? And so it was just, I mean, the Super Bowl is an American holiday, guys, right? I mean, we, we celebrate, like on our campus, we have celebrations for Martin Luther King Day, but realistically, people, a lot, most of America, I don't say most, but a lot of America focus more on the Super Bowl. Like, what am I going to do for that day than a lot of other events, you know, or Swedish Day, things like that, you know. And so it's just the fact of what it is sometimes. And so, so we wanted to host a, an American holiday experience for them, and we had, I think it was like 16 different countries represented. We had Ecuador, we had Oman, we had Iran, and it was awesome. And nobody got in trouble, and the cops weren't called, and nobody got hurt, and nobody got offended. And, it was, and one guy brought bacon-wrapped pork... Because he's just all American. I mean, he's like, he has like breakfast, he's like coffee and bacon for breakfast. I mean, that's that type of guy. But like, but it was fun because like we, you know, we talked, we talked to our Muslim friends that were there. And it's like, hey, obviously this is pork and you should, you know, you don't want to eat that. And they're like, okay, we'll just move on. And so it was so much fun. But. I mean, I just like, I wish people could experience just what just happened. And it was really just a God opening the door. And it really wasn't us. And God just gave us the awesome house. And he opened up the door with the Sinclair Community College. And these internationals came over. And it was just so much fun. So, I want to pass this around. And... Did get anything from that so, so, this is just recently in February. Uh, I think that was... So, I... I'll, let me say that in just a quick second. So... It says Super Bowl, so you can kind of look at all the different uh, people that signed in. And that's just our guest book that we wanted people to kind of sign on. So, um, yeah, we knew it was going to be like a real broad net. And so, we're like, we're not expecting, like, all 16 people, like, just to, like, get saved or things like that. And so there, uh, the, the one that personally uh, I felt like was a good connection. So I went downstairs to play ping pong because I've been working on my ping pong game because I know that a lot of Chinese students play ping pong. And so I met this guy. He said he's from North Korea, and I thought, I didn't want to say I didn't believe him, because that might offend him, you know, but I've never met him from North Korea, and I'm pretty sure they don't leave the country, right? And so I was like, okay, and he's just like, oh, I'm just messing, I'm from, I'm from uh, uh, either Taiwan or, yeah, he's from Taiwan, Taiwan or Hong Kong, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. But so his name's, his name's Ho, Ho what? H O second word W A T right so he's like just call me what? and I was like okay so um so we started playing ping pong and I was like hey how good are you he's like oh, I'm not very good I was like okay and so he starts playing he's like Phew. like that's how he serves so I was like whoa and I was like because not good in in anywhere in Asia is like amazing in America right so so we were we actually got we I think we got to the championship me and him and so he was just impressed that, like, I actually played ping pong and, like, could kind of hack it with him. And he came to me afterwards. He said, hey, I really like playing ping pong. Can we play ping pong at Sinclair next week? And I said, absolutely. So the next week we got together to play ping pong. And so just in his last couple of weeks, we built the starts of a friendship of just because he came over and played ping pong. I mean, he didn't care about the Super Bowl game, game at all, but he's one of those guys that he's genuinely interested and he's, that friendship has started to develop. And so one of the things that we're trying to do better at honestly with Heather and I's life and just our ministry is we're doing I think pretty good on the the friendship we're making good friends with internationals but we want to move that into discipleship we want to move that into how do we not just study the Bible with them but how do we how in with a long-term goal of helping them disciple the nations too so that's really what we're trying to go to so we've kind of casted some wide nets and this whole Sinclair Su- Super Bowl party was just an just a, an idea of like hey nothing's working with the American students. Let's just try this. And so now about every week, we get to go into the international student office, and they know us, and there's Muslims there, and there's Ecuadorians there. And so we just started to develop a friendship, and that we're hoping develops into more things. And so, does that kind of answer your question? So, some of that stuff we're just trying to be patient with, but also with the prayer and the mindset of, man, help what know Jesus. Help Howley know Jesus. Those people as well. So, um, okay, let me say this. Let me ask you Here, question. go ahead. Um, and I'm thinking about this from my too. If I was an international and I came into your all's home, are there overtly Christian things that would clue me in? That were Christian? Do you, do you go clandestine? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think it's going to work. Um, it just depends on the setting. We just try to be. We try to think what, like, what's going to work best in this setting. So with the Super Bowl party, we didn't pray over the meal. We didn't. I got up in the middle of the the halftime show and just thanked them all for coming and introduced myself because a lot of people kind of came in and out the whole night. And so, it, and you do on some of those things because we didn't know these Sinclair students and they didn't. The office didn't know us. We did not want to be really intent, really forceful and upfront with that because they were being welcomed into an environment that they did not know was Christian, and so we did not want to shove it, shove it on them or even, like, bait and switch. We were not about that at all. So we just said, hey, wide open net, it's just a party, no alcohol, things like that, and then whoever, just, whoever kind of sticks, we really want to develop those relationships. So, that's kind of, so it really depends on what event it is. Um, like our Wednesday service, we had two Chinese students come up just to get prayer, and um, it was just so awesome because they were just so genuine. And they were, I mean, they, like, they were, like, crying, like, big tears and, like, snotting and, like, wiping the snot. and We didn't have tissues around and they were wiping the snot and, like, the snot touched their hand and it t- connected to their nose. I'm just like, I'm so sorry. Like, it was one of those, like, it was messy cry. It was, like, ugly cry kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, but in those, that context, like, it was all, it's a, it's a Christian college ministry service and they fully recognize that and that's what they wanted to participate in. and they came up for prayer and that's what they responded to and it wasn't a they had both been oh, they've both been around christianity and so um they're following jesus um but they just wanted help and more of that and so that it just depends on the setting yeah and so just like with americans most some americans the best entry and point into jesus is at your dinner table not necessarily, not necessarily a church service. Some, of, some of the best times is a Sunday morning Easter service. That whole thing, and so that it just depends on the person sometimes. Um, let me share one, one quick story, and then we can kind of talk more into questions. So, uh, Jesse Cook's not here. Okay. Um, if you guys get a chance, Jesse and Raylan Cook up at Kent State. This is Hader, Chaffee. Chaffee. Do you know Kyle? I'm close, I'm getting I'm narrowing in. Uh, uh, he got saved on their campus. Radical testimony, awesome. Nicole is with Kyle Fatu, they're engaged. He's an international that came over, not Christian, and he's like discipling other people. It's awesome. Yeah. they actually came and helped out with a thing. Doing,
1: uh, like a camp. It's awesome. I got to meet them
0: in. It's awesome. So that kind of stuff. Can and does happen. And so um so let me talk about uh Saron real quick. And I, I make a lot of mistakes and so I just ask for a lot of grace from people and from Jesus. And so Saron, uh, I met her at a soccer game at Wright State. We just we happened to stand next to each other and I noticed obviously she's probably not from the US or probably not born here. And so I said, Hey, where are you from? And she said, I'm from Eritrea. anybody know where Eritrea is? Anybody heard of that? Okay, so I had to apologize. I said I'm so sorry, I've I've never heard of that country. And I wasn't like forced. I was like, can you show me, like, I have Google. Can you like show me where, where it is? And she's like, it's okay. It's only about 10 years old because it's a split. The, the country was a split off of another country. And so, um, but she's with an Eritrean, kind of a group of immigrants that came over here. And uh, to be honest, it's been difficult to, because she had some kind of orthodox Christianity, a lot of her growing up. And so it's been difficult to kind of, figure her out her culture out and merge that with Kai alpha and what we're doing with Kai alpha and there's been some hurts on her end or we've done some things wrong and we didn't know it or students have said stuff of like ew that's food that food is gross and it really offended her just things like that and so um but now sorry yeah go ahead Yeah, yeah. But but we do that, and and it's thank thanks to Jesus for grace that He invented that, and we can have that on each other. And so um, we can't be so worried that we make mistakes that we don't even try that we don't you know get into things. And so anyway, so we we met her at this soccer game at Wright State soccer game, and so this is a picture of all the student leaders, and so she leads a small group Bible study on right state um, with another girl in, in Chi Alpha. And so we're in the process with her of like, hey, how can you take your faith and how can you reach people that you can reach best? Because there's people that she can reach just by her nature, just by her culture, just by all those things that we, it takes me 15 different time, you know iterations just to get there, but she can just say hi and she's good to go. And that's the beauty thing. beautiful thing. And what God's been helping me understand is For our churches, our congregations, our our Christian group settings, for us to not be diverse or for us to not have internationals among us or just even just different cultures, we're not just missing out on like the cool factor or like, oh yeah, this is a nice multicultural, it's like heaven. Like we're not just missing out on that imagery. We're missing out on those giftings. There are Christians from Africa that understand Jesus in a way that we long for, there are Middle Eastern men and women that understand the community, the family of God, that will fight for family in a way that us Americans really should covet in a good way. And so we just we our our Christian our churches we actually are lacking the giftings that these students that these people can bring to the body, and that's an amazing thing. I mean. We look, so we look across, it's not just that we're just trying to fill token internationals into our ministry, but it's like, no, you are gifted in this, and you are amazing, and oh my goodness, can you just bleed your DNA into our group, because we really, really need that, and I think if that were to happen more, man, that would be synergetic, and that things would flow, and that, that we would, we would be a more kingdom-centered, we'd look like the kingdom of God, and like, look like heaven, and so, uh, that's just been a helpful mindset for me. Um. All right. Let me say this last thing, and then we can go into some Q and A. So, most of my context, I guess, would be with students, um, but we have we've been just had the cool opportunity to to interact with some non students as well. Um, There's a book. Has anybody read? It's. uh, Can you hear me, Heather? Wiki Church. Anybody read Wiki Church? Awesome book. Um, anyway, he, he kind of reinforces this idea of when we go out and evangelize, like, what's one of the goals? Like, why do we go talk to people about Jesus? Make disciples. Make disciples, yeah. So, hopefully that they would become a disciple, that they would commit their hearts, that they'd get saved, that they'd become a disciple of Jesus, right? But that's not the end goal of evangelism. Going out and sharing the gospel doesn't just start stop at making a disciple. It's when they start making disciples. So really, like, let's get a ton of people saved at the altars. This is awesome, but man, let's get them plugged into discipleship too. Because they're gifted. They have apostolic giftings. They have pastoral giftings. I mean, all this whole thing, the synergy thing about activating the gifts among the body that aren't like maybe paid staff, right? And so if we could think about reaching internationals and reaching nations among us, not just in a let's get them saved and in our churches, but if we can think of that mindset of how can they disciple the nations too? How can they reach not just their context, but other contexts too? I don't know if you guys know, but in Brazil and other South American countries too, they're actually sending missionaries out. They're sending, some are sending missionaries to the United States, which is just exciting to me. It's like, oh, it's the world discipling the world. That's awesome. Like, I'm thankful that I'm from the United States and I was born here and I have a U.S. passport that I can get around a whole lot of places, right? But God's not limited to just the U.S. discipling the world. We have an awesome part to play, but man, what if the billion people in India start discipling the nations? What if the billion people in China start discipling the nations? What if. Saudi Arabia or Iran and Iraq, what if those closed countries that you cannot be a missionary to, what if they start discipling their brothers and their sisters in the countries around them? The passport isn't the golden ticket always, right? So it's just exciting to think more in terms of this, and I think it's more biblical to think of how can the nations disciple the nations as opposed to just how can we disciple the nations and get them plugged into our ministry, Right, and so that's just more exciting. That's a more holistic picture of what I believe Jesus is going for. Um, okay, that was a lot. So I appreciate you you staying with me. Um, I can talk about the resources in a little bit, but let me. Yeah, I'll just pass these out. So this is something that was presented to us at the World Mission Summit. Uh, that was a huge gathering of college students within KAI Alpha. And um, So you guys can just have one of those. Um, it's by XAI. That's Chi Alpha International Focus Ministries. It's a 21-day challenge. You can. Ad- it's really more for a campus setting, but you can easily adapt it to um, your local context. I only have three of these. I could have bought more. I just apologize I didn't. But this is Dick Brogdon. Anybody familiar with Dick Brogdon? Yeah. Awesome. And He's like a rock star missionary within the assemblies. We're blessed to have him. So I have three copies of Loving Muslims. I actually have not read this book yet, but I've read other things by Dick Brogdon. He's awesome, and so if he's going to write a book on Loving Muslims, I want to read it, okay? I just haven't got there yet, and so I have three copies of that that you guys can just take. Uh, here's a note. These are just kind of inspirational things, okay? Like I said, show and tell. My mom and my dad, they're, they're catching this vision, and it's exciting for me. When I was in college it was encouraged for me to bring some internationals home for Christmas. And we brought two guys, Ron and Don, Ron and Don, a Hosen, And they came over and what my mom does, my mom always gives us socks for Christmas. I mean, among other things too, but like socks is one. And I kind of spurted on my mom. Like, Hey, I'm bringing two African friends over to Christmas. He's, she's like, okay. You know, and she's, so she's kind of scrambled. And so we all got socks for Christmas. And, um, anyway, they, uh, a couple years later, Ron gave me a pair of socks for Christmas, and i couldn 't figure out why and they were the honestly the weirdest looking socks and like, they were like not, they're not, they were like this tall and they were gray they didn 't quite fit me and I was just like I was like i didn 't get it thanks and then after like years after that, I felt it kind of like reminded me, you gave him socks for Christmas, or your mom did, so he gave you socks for Christmas. I was like, oh, so now they 're like the ugliest but most precious socks that I ever owned, you know. And uh, anyway, so they they just had my wife, my mom and my dad just are getting this in them, It's awesome. And they had an international student stay with them for, I think, six months while she was doing an internship with Nestle. And this is just a note that they wrote them uh, as she left. And so she's back in with Purdue. And so just to kind of go to show you, like anybody could do it. It's just a hosting thing. It's an awesome thing. And that's a more of a commitment. But uh, they're just normal people. They're not Assemblies of God, you know. And uh, it's just fun. Um, This is a rice cooker that uh, some Chinese friends gave us. It's the largest rice cooker I've ever seen until I went to a Korean church, and I saw a bigger one. And so it was huge. But we use this all the time for hosting people. It's actually kind of dirty just because we use it so much. Uh, This was some green tea that some friends gave us, some Chinese friends. They love to give gifts. And this was another thing that um, a guy – A friend named Jerry, uh, he gave me, there's kind of a funny story behind that, but I don't know if I, yeah, I got time. So so I was walking, this kind of goes to show you like, it can happen intentionally and unintentionally too, okay? So I'm walking, my mom calls, I'm walking on campus, I pick up the phone, I said, hey, how you doing? And Jerry is walking in front of me. He thinks I said, hey, how you doing to him? So he turns around and I'm like, I like hang up on my mom. You know, she gets, she gets it, you know, she, it's no, it's normal for me, you know, and that, not a good way, but so I apologize later. Okay. Grace, grace, grace. So, cause I'm thinking this international, nobody's around. It's just me and this guy. And I just, and he thinks I'm talking to him. So I just, I put the phone away and I start talking to him. So he, he's only here for six months within that six months. I got to pray with him for salvation, which was way faster than I ever, and it was just like, what? I was like, this is happening too fast. Like, I I was, like, doubting it, you know? And uh, so he, I think on the on the bottom I wrote the day I met him and the day he prayed for salvation. So now he's back in Taiwan, and he was only here for six months. And the only reason I met him is just because I accidentally said hi to him, right? And I just believe God wants people reached so bad, like, he'll use our lamest ways you know or even our good ways if we're just saying god i'll just i'll just try i'll just my heart's there i'll just try it and i just think that god can do a lot through that and so um i could go longer and i don't want to because i want to reserve some time for q a and just discussion so um what questions or thoughts did you guys have just in general or maybe about some of the things that i shared Let me ask you this. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. When you had your party house, yeah. did you have UD and Sinclair and uh, Right Trade all together? Was just- yeah, we had, we had Sinclair students. We, like, specifically uh, told the Sinclair students, so we wanted to host them. We told our Wright State students, too, and we invited UD students as well. And I told our Wright State students that were involved in the I said, hey, there's going to be a lot of international students here. And I, partic- I specific- specifically called up two or three people, and I said, hey, would you just latch on to one international the whole, th- the whole time, and just sit by them, make sure that they understand, make sure they know where the bathroom is, all that stuff, and they did it, and it was awesome, and it felt so cool to see this guy meet this new friend, and they just caught the vision, and so, because it, there's no way that one person could have done it, and so, um, so, yeah, that was more than just a Sinclair thing. Um, but it, it's really opened up a good door for us at Sinclair because it was really interesting that the American ministry side kind of dried up for a season. And so now God's opened up some doors with internationals. So, Do you guys know of internationals in your community? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm with Agora College. I don't know yeah, yeah, you. I know. Oh, yeah, we work with international stu- uh, Saudi and Armani students. Awesome. In State. Um, yeah. Do you know um, John Putnam? Names familiar? Yeah. Uh, we work with him and uh, actually recently got to connect with a number of uh, Saudi Arabian students just ice skating in downtown Cleveland and stuff. Yeah. And it's re- it really is just a simple, especially since like, well, at least my experience with Saudi uh, students, Armani students, they will ask to hang out whenever, and it's usually an eight, eight hour occasion. <laughs> 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 it's, not a, it's not a, hey, let's come hang out, you know. Watch a movie, one hour, two hour thing, like, you know, American theater. Totally. All day, all day long. Totally. A lot of opportunities. Yeah, and, and they, they value friendship so much. And yeah. we, we've learned with some of our African friends that, like, we just have to be honest with them and say, hey, we, we value guys a ton, but we just can't, like, we can't stay this long. Yeah. And they get it, and obviously they want us to hang out more, but um, what an opportunity. I mean, what, what other people are, like, wanting to hang out with you for eight hours at a time? Yeah. And not just – and, like, genuinely wanting your friendship. That's just so cool. So, yeah. Uh, most internationals coming – like, do, is most of, when they mostly come over here, is this just for, like, they want a better life over here, or are they, like, escaping something? Mm-hmm. Or, like, um, I would say across – it just varies a lot. I'm, I'm not sure if, if you can speak to that at all. I haven't met you, but um, – It's for the education. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, Huge. Back, they to their own absolutely, absolutely. For school, definitely. A lot of, especially like China and India, there, there are better opportunities to get a job here after you graduate. So like, it's it's, no. you know, there's education there, but the, the opportunities they actually get a job in that field, it's like, you may be fighting ten people here when you're fighting a hundred people there for the yeah. same job. Well, I mean, okay, so kind of the next question. Do they end up? Uh staying staying here or do a lot of them go back you know i across the board i don't know statistically but our the students that we encounter a lot of them want to stay and so which is cool and oh but they have connections back home but some of them it just depends some of them want to go back home some of them want to stay it 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 depends on family dynamics different things and so i try not to make too many assumptions because even when i say internationals i can make a lot of assumptions about internationals but like that's the rest of the world and i try not to make a lot of assumptions about even like africa it's like well, I can't just talk about Africans. Like, there's a lot of Africans, you know. You're probably just the people you work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, uh, i posted something to from Jonathan. Where I'm stuck is, um, and I met with him this time, how do you get to the Jesus part? I mean, you befriend them, have them over for dinner, and how do you get to the next step? Yeah. You know, um... Some students will be more interested in that. A lot of students come, I would say a lot of internationals that we encounter come with the understanding that all Americans are Christian. Yeah, and and not all, not everybody, but just a lot of the students that we encounter. And so it's kind of funny when we think about all the TV shows that are on, like they think everybody's Christian. And so it's like, no, 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 that's all. And then so they have a really bad view of Christianity. Like, oh, you do that? And that's like that's normal for that? And so a lot of times they'll ask questions about Christianity, because that's their understanding of Americans, and so it's a natural conversation to, like, talk about church, and it's really, e- actually, probably easy to bring a lot of international students to a service with you, not with the guise of, like, hey, you have to commit, but just, would you like to experience an American Christian service? Sure, a lot of international students would be fine with that, and... and an intellectual yeah, and a lot of times the spirit moves in their hearts so that'll open their hearts up to that. And so it'd be, be the same thing as we go to, you know, a, a green tea ceremony in Japan or something like that. It's like, sure, we'll participate in a cultural experience, like the Super Bowl. I mean, that's a, much a cultural experience than American church service, too. And so um, I think that if you start to befriend international, like... Those doors kind of become more apparent, especially if we're praying. And God, like, would you help me walk down the right open? Help me to walk down the right path, um, and see that. And and uh, so I think it's there's a natural leaning towards that. And I think if we're okay with making some mistakes, you know, or just even just being honest with people and saying, Hey, can I share something about my history or about my family that's very important to me? Most of them will be very courteous and and welcoming to that. I think we do need to be careful expecting them to receive it or to understand it. And even the prayer for salvation is very, like, for us, it's like we don't just jump to that because they may just pray with you for salvation because it's a courteous thing to do because they don't want to offend you. So they may not know what a, a prayer for salvation is. Water baptism is usually a huge deal for them, and so that may come that may take years, may not, but it may take years, and so we just have to be cautious that um, how they're processing is not the same way that we process. And it's not because they're, I mean, a lot of times they're way more intelligent, but sometimes they may not speak English as well as we do, obviously, and so it's like they, they're just being courteous and gentle and things like that, Recently, respectful. someone told me who's worked a lot with Turkish people that they have no concept of forgiveness, that it's not in their mindset, so... Jesus and forgiveness, that's totally yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, so there's a lot of, and this helps us to, to know our gospel better, to not just know how it works, like we're bad, Jesus is good, except Him. It's like, okay, that doesn't always fit in a lot of paradigms. And so knowing our gospel better and being able to articulate it like a story actually helps better, and even reading bedtime stories in the bible would be an awesome thing to invite an international that's curious and obviously that's comfortable with your family that you're comfortable with um just into that process because that's very basic language it's easy stories it's great conversation pieces um, a lot of times you can exchange things where it'd say like hey would you like to come with me on a sunday and then maybe we can talk about it over lunch or um, you can show me some examples of what religion is like in your your context or um, I've noticed a lot of students are very they're okay with talking about religion because it's a cultural thing and um, it's not it's not a, it's not as taboo um, as I don't want to say all internationals, but you know it's we 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 fear it more than we need to I believe. Don't you think the college age too, it's, it's, an, it's an experiment you know? yeah, it's, it's a totally. time of learning about new things and being open to new things. Totally. Kind of Yeah, and if you get probably older internationals, uh, they may be more just dedicated and, and less interested in that front, or maybe it, it may take some more time on that. So, Any other questions, thoughts? Just, yeah. Just being in the world, when I spent was, I was, I was nine years in service. You're in half half in Oakland, and you're in Thailand. And one of the things of being overseas and, and being in, like I said, I was in the world in those days, so I can't, can't all I can say is that the thing is that if you got to admit them halfway while you were in their country, and you, you were treated great. But the problem was a lot of Americans acted like they were better than they were. Yeah. And that, that was a real problem. But there were some things I got to do because I got close to a lot of, a lot of people in both countries. And I got to see things that I would never see if I hadn't uh, treated them like a fellow person. Yeah. And sometimes as Americans, we go to other countries and we uh, have this we're, we're better than you are type attitude. Yeah, it takes humility. That's a a character trait of Jesus, too. Let me share this with you. I asked my friend Hao. um, He's from China. I said, hey, you know, I'm sharing. Do you have any ideas, anything to share? He said, most students, most of the students in China have no chance to hear the gospel because of the environment in China. There is a lot of misunderstanding about what a Christian really is. However, recent years, there's an increased number of Chinese students coming to the U.S. for not only graduate school, but also undergrad and high school. Which provides an opportunity for them to know Jesus. I think this. I think that's also God's plan. This is a Chinese student, born in China. I mean, this is awesome. Like he, he's getting it. You know, and he's one of the guys that came down and prayed with us at our Christian at our worship service. Any other thoughts? Well, there's probably a lot to think about. But any, anybody from the, the trifecta table back there? Just you know what? Maybe what you're processing. Do you have anything that you want to share that you're processing this? Oh, sure. um, well, my brother, he used to Okay. Mm-hmm. And um he he got really curious and he wasn't younger, too, was probably in the scary. he got curious and wanted to know more about Jesus, so he started to come to church and he did. He got baptized. Wow. And it was an amazing thing. That's and awesome. He, he got moved to another um kiosk here in Columbus actually. So yeah. to see much. But yeah. It was kind of cool. That's very cool. Very cool. What an opportunity. And now he now he gets to Go someplace else, you know, hopefully represent the gospel as well. Um, You said about cultures. I'm not sure if I answered all of your questions, and so if I didn't, I apologize. But I'll be here. I I don't have another session or anything, so I'd be happy to talk with you guys later. Um, I just want to leave you with, like, um, if you guys, I think what would be best for you guys is, before you leave, or before you leave today, maybe if you were, if you came with somebody, just decide on one or two just action steps, and say, hey, I just want to start this, or I'm going to talk to my pastor, and just maybe throw around some ideas, or I'm going to meet that international that's down the street, or I'm going to just find if there are actually internationals in my community, some actionable step to walk away with, I think that'll get you guys on the path of getting more into this. And so I'm growing, and I think we can grow together with this, and uh, hopefully next year it's Synergy. You guys can all teach a session about reaching internationals. I'll just come and listen and be like, man, it's awesome. I'll learn from you guys, right? Um, so let me pray for you guys, and like I said, I'll be around if you guys want to chat. So. Jesus, we thank you for your gospel. We thank you for your global plan of world den- domination, of world discipleship. God, and thank you that you invited us into that. God, I pray that you would, even right now, that you would highlight something uh, for all of these uh, people to walk away with. God, that is from you, that is really God-ordained and God-supported, and that you would really stir their hearts like you've stirred so many people throughout the years, God, for reaching those outside of our culture, reaching the world, discipling the nations, God, and help us to see like you see, help us to love like you love, God, and we commit our hearts to you, and we want you to be Lord of our life, and not just when we got saved, God, but even now, too. Thank you for loving the world. Thank you for inviting us into that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hey, these three books are up for grabs. Um, And if you guys can take the XAI pamphlets, I'm not sure if those got all the way around. Did that come all the way back? Okay, cool. And uh, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the Synergy experience, conference, maybe.